Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome back to the Party Sweep. Back at podcast by Flurry Sports. Luke Grammer, Janet Wilson, Trevor Land are here. I'm Zach Bruner. We can talk about the massive win by the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are back. The defense is on track. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> this is our year. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. Matt LaFleur went into halftime, lit a fire under Joe Barry. Joe Barry's pumped up now. Now he knows what to do. We got a defense, everybody. It's like the Kool-Aid so man running out there. Yeah. <laughs> IQ is pretty close to the Kool-Aid man, I would say. I wish he would try to run through a wall. Uh, I don't even know where to start. So I can start here real quick. Yeah, please start. Something. It's not about the oh. Packers, but I can say something. Um, <laughs> on, our, on our show that we had uh, uh, 10 minutes ago, our fantasy football show, I said I couldn't see your guys' names. I can now see your guys' names. So maybe I just needed to close out. That, of is, thing that is awesome. Thank God. Do, do you have a question for us? A little icebreaker. Short one because we got four people, but no, we'll just ask Janet. Janet, if you could have one fast food restaurant with an all time worker in your house, which would it be? Uh, don't say Subway. This is a split second decision. This is go, go, go. This isn't wait and see. I love Waterburger though. Me too. That's fair. That's fair. That's what I said, Janet. I love no, you did not. You said Subway. I said if I would, if I didn't live above the Mason Dixon line, I would take Whataburger. Did he actually say Subway? I thought we were just venting about Subway. No, I did not say Pretty Subway. Pretty sure he said Subway. Okay. I said, well, he said Popeyes. Yeah, he said Popeyes or Hardee's. Yeah, not. not I just Subway. heard Subway and blacked out. I guess I, I had to air my grievances oh. about Subway. Beside the point, Packers um, also <laughs> green and yellow. So. Also, we need to air our grievances about the Packers, so that works. Also, uh, fake fake ingredients, so. Fake ingredients, for sure. Uh, let's just start at the very, very beginning. It was even before kickoff. I already had a problem with the Packers, which is a great way to start. <laughs> that we made Equinemius St. Brown active, and we sat Jack Heflin. Like, in what we knew going in, it was going to be a massive run-heavy game. We said that last week. That's what happened. If that's the case, why are we making seven wide receivers active? The only reason is for Instagram, so EQ can post a pic with his brother, which is fucking stupid. Like, you could both suck. Congratulations. And we don't make Jack Heflin active, which is our third Dean Nori, which is our secret weapon. Like, at least have somebody on the defensive line who can stop the run, or someone to get pressure, or a rotational piece so TJ Slayton doesn't die. Like, we just need somebody there. And, like... Are we going to put EQ? It made no sense. It made absolutely no sense. Let's make a bad defense worse. Uh, <laughs> thoughts? 
Or was I the only one mad about it? <laughs> no reason. No reason to bring him up. No, none of the receivers were hurt. Nothing was going on with any of the receivers. It just and it's EQ. <laughs> right. Like you know how bad you have to be for your brother, who's named Amon Ra, to make like two catches in the game and already be better than you. Have a better career. <laughs> Legit. Legit. Looking at the stats, <laughs> EQ played six snaps. Thank God. What crucial snaps. Thank God we had him. He played more <laughs> snaps than Malik Taylor, which seems inexcusable. That's criminal. It's just six versus three. He played half the snaps of Randall Cobb, which is 12. Cobb needs to play more, by the way. Yep. Like, yeah, he was doing? in the game. I wore the jersey because he was in the game. <laughs> what are we doing here? He played more snaps than Kylan Hill. That's inexcusable. It's, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it also comes – I don't know. That was one. I'm bad about that. I'm also unsure. This came after the game, but let's vent about it now, too. Jay Sternberger, not suspended anymore. Packers decide to cut him now. Maybe I'm petty, but I want to cut him while he still has suspension. Like, so that means when a team picks him up, he's suspended two games. That's what I want. I want another team to pay him. Fuck that dude. And for everybody who came after me saying, oh, he's such a good player, he's going to be picked up immediately. He cleared waivers today, and he's still begging groceries or smoking pot wherever he is. The dude sucks. He is not good. He's never going to be good in the NFL. And I wish we cut him to stick it to him one last time. Like, hey, we could have had Terry McLaurin instead of you. But Packer, no, we got we got this guy. Packer fans are the ESPN draft analysts of sports <laughs> fans. And what I mean by that is, like, anybody's on the Packers are automatically a really good player. And I think it – needs to be addressed that we need to understand that guess what not every player on the Packers is good like we need to most understand aren't. that because say not many. <laughs> <laughs> most aren't you're damn right and for some reason we look at everybody like the second coming of Jesus Christ when half these guys shouldn't be on a fucking team like seriously um Jay Sternberger offensive line like I could go on for for a long time but you know, if, if you look at yourself and you can only think of good things to say about the entire team, don't give us your analysis because it's not analysis. It's just you being a homer and you're not actually giving anybody anything of substance. You'd think that they would have cut Jay Sternberger too while he was still suspended. Not necessarily exactly, you, you said, just for being petty, but in a strategic position. Like if someone picks him up, they're not going to have him for two games. Like that's chestnut checkers. Sorry, but yeah, exactly. Like, what what are we trying to do? Like, let's make sure that uh, the Bears can get him right away, so he can play against us, and you know, spill all the Jordan Love secrets or whatever about. Oh, he's actually not very good at football. Like, uh, and then everybody will know, and that'll get leaked to the media. Dear God, I hope nobody finds that out. Like, what what are we doing? What are we doing? It's so I don't understand. We suck. Next, okay. First half, we got the shit kicked out of us. Except for like on offense, but even so, the offensive line got pushed back consistently. Our defensive line got pushed back consistently. There was zero pass rush. Elton Jenkins, by the way, got his ass kicked the entire night. Horrendous game. Apparently, I am getting criticized because I said that. My bad. I didn't think he could block very well on his back where he was for most of the night. One-on-one, too, by the way. It wasn't like he was getting doubled. One-on-one, I think he maybe he's not right. Maybe he was sick. Maybe he's hurt. He's not a bad player. He's very good. He had a really bad game, though, and that shouldn't be overlooked. 
So offensively, you know, we're doing some good stuff. I think Randall Cobb could have been a big benefit to the offense working underneath a little bit. We didn't really have that. Uh, but the run game was working. I think that was more Aaron Jones than anybody else. Runyon started at left guard instead of Lucas Patrick and probably had the best game out of any offensive lineman. He played very well, especially in the running game. He's a bulldozer, so he needs to stay there. Other guard, though, uh, Royce Newman is not a bulldozer, except for when it comes to our own guys. Take a look at that Robert Tunyon uh, screenplay, and it looked like Robert Tunyon had a bullseye on him and because Royce Newman was going straight at the guy. Like, he looks like he's on ice skates out there going straight towards the flat, towards Adam. Like, he is incapable of hitting any moving target unless it's our own players. It's unbelievable. Um, does anybody have any, like, comment about this offensive line besides me? Because it's bad. Uh, yes. Um, well, I was going to talk about the offense and the defense, just kind of go on a mini rant, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it into segments. Um, put, it all, part. put it all out there. Um, offensive line, first of all, I kind of talked about this. I actually don't know if it was being recorded in the fantasy football throws before. Um, we need to stop listening to people who don't know what they're talking about. Like, I should not be right. giving you analysis on a quarterback. I've never played quarterback. I've never coached quarterbacks. I've never done that. Or running backs. So why the hell do we have people telling you offensive line based off of PFF stats who have never played the position and or coached it, right? Uh, like, by the way, people who are doing the PFF stats also have never played or coached it. Like, it's just a typical job inter- interview. It's a typical job posting. I've seen a million of them. I've been asked to do it, and I still haven't done it. And the only qualification a lot of times is a journalism background. Or if you have access, and this is not a joke, if you have access to NFL Sunday ticket was one of their qualifications. <laughs> so, that was a qualification. What's so, that mean? So, so I'm going to go off that. I you qualified. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> like that's, so, that's the... so, so I'm going to go off that. My point is we happen to have a guy here who, stop me if I'm selling yourself short, who has ample experience coaching and being around offensive line, not only good offensive line rooms and players, but very good. All over the place. Camps, actual experience, semi-pro, I believe, right? So I'm not saying, Mm -hmm. hey, everybody, Zach's the only expert. But when you're looking at guys who are kind of like writers and have never played, you should probably put more weight into the guy who's actually been in the room um, than, you know, Zach Bruner. Or, excuse me, than, you know, (laughs) the other guys, like the Bukowskis. It's kind of like, I I don't know, listening to Jermichael fucking Finley about Aaron Rodgers' mental state instead of Aaron fucking Rodgers. So that's on the offensive side. Pay the fuck attention. When your guys are blocking their own guys, not a good thing. Sorry to have to break it to you. Second thing about this goddamn defense. It took us a half to realize we need to pressure a man. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I heard like, oh, he's, he's you know, Don Capers' defense. He's this defense. He's, uh, what's his name? Pettin's defense. No, it's not. Because at least they got, like, the fact that, hey, you should probably pressure a guy. Um and the thing that scared me, they weren't sending five. They were just sending four. Like, they weren't even trying cornerback blitz, safety blitzes, nothing. They were doing sh- jack shit. And they're running these dudes into the ground and saying, I don't know why it's not working. It should work. Meanwhile, you got four white guys that can't, you know, get past guys with cinder blocks on their feet. It's just, it's frustrating. Get rid of the analysts. Except for Zach. We love you. 
here's the kicker about the first half. So, yes, and obviously the big quote that came out, I think it might be Schneiderman or whatever, who said it from LaFleur. Apparently, LaFleur told Joe Barry a halftime to either play coverage or get after the quarterback because, uh, is you know, sending four isn't creating any pressure, which, by the way, no shit. And also, by the way, he didn't say that. He tore into him, I would totally assume. Like, get your shit together or you're fucking gone. That's how those conversations usually go. It's not usually him asking politely, like, hey, could you please uh, do your job? Thank if you. If you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, love you. Uh, can't wait to celebrate after the game with you. I guess not how that works. Um, so whoever gave him the quotes, mistaking. But even still, that's alarming that that conversation had to have happened in week two. But so we're bringing four people, right? And it's not getting pressure. But on top of that, we're not playing overtop coverage. We're right. putting Kevin King on an island with no help over top. So now we're not like containing them, but we're also not rushing them. So where are our players and what are their responsibilities? Like if there's one person who needs overtop coverage, it's Kevin King. Like say whatever you want about him. And I believe he is a very bad football player. However, <laughs> everybody, everybody says that. So it's not you. Give him overtop coverage so he can play underneath and have a chance to succeed. Like he's better if he can play underneath and make a play on the ball. Like we're not even giving him a chance to succeed right now. It's makes no sense. At least, uh, at least four yards in the defensive backfield is covered at all times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Then Stokes comes in and gives the wide receiver 10 yards of cushion. Yep. And they're like, ah, see, that's what we need. We need Stokes. No one got past him. Yeah, because he stood 10 yards back, and he's also the fastest guy on the team. So I'd hope not. And there was still, oh, by the way, overtop coverage for him. And we blitzed. So it made no sense. You know how sad it is that Stokes looked like Jair compared to Kevin King? It was bad. Uh, Stokes, to your point, I think Stokes looked fine. He There was a miscommunication on that touchdown that he gave up. I don't know if it was his fault or the other corner's fault. You know, who knows? But um, I think he looked fine. He certainly deserves more playing time. Do I think, and legitimately, do I think – King should be benched for him? Not necessarily. And that's a bold take now. And it's coming from someone who hates Kevin King. But he's not a he's yes, not he a is. football player. <laughs> he's not, he's not, he's athletic enough and he knows football enough to do a job. But we're asking him to do a job that he's not capable of doing. And that comes down to knowing your players and frankly knowing football, which I don't believe Joe Barry does. It's gonna suck when Kevin King ends up on like the Chargers and leads the league in interceptions and no, I don't think that's touchdowns. <laughs> you, you know guys. how bad the quarterback could be. Good to be? Someone, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think King could be pretty good somewhere. I am. I still am under the belief that he could succeed as a nickel. I think he has the ability to do it. It's something he's never done, so it's not like an in-season transition that could happen. I don't know. He's got the length and the strength and the athleticism. I think he could be pretty good underneath. And if he doesn't have to worry about getting beat over top, you know, it's taking away his weakest part of his game. That's putting players in a position to succeed, which makes sense to me. Um, Just just kind of touching back on the defense here. 
with the pass rush, rushing four, nobody getting to the quarterback. It's that's how Jared Goff succeeds is by not having pressure, and we saw that Monday night, especially <laughs> in the first half. Everyone's saying Zadarius Smith obviously was out. Everyone's saying this is a Rashawn Gary game. Rashawn Gary has not played well in his career, I would say. You know, I feel like he's a big practice guy. Oh, this guy's going to be good this year. You know, looked great in training camp. I, I don't want to say it was a bad pick, but this guy is just not developing as quickly as we need him to. Um, you, you know, when Zadarius goes down inevitably again in the end of the year, you, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have that pass rush that, that you would from Zadarius. Um, so getting pressure, I don't know. It's a huge thing. Jimmy Garoppolo, same thing as Jared Goff. He succeeds when he doesn't have pressure. That's what worries me a lot next week or this Sunday, I should say, is if Zadarius, you know, not playing 100%, this could be a very long day where the Packers defense makes Jimmy Garoppolo look like Tom Brady. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it doesn't. If you mean the team carries him to the win, then yeah, it <laughs> look like Tom Brady. <laughs> that too. But I mean, what we. Even week one, what we said week one has played out both weeks. And that's Joe Barry's defense relies on getting pressure to the quarterback. And if we don't get pressure to the quarterback, it gets exposed. Going into Detroit, I said I was worried because Detroit's offensive line is very good. And anyone who wants to believe that they're an offensive line expert, watch Penny Sewell and he may teach you something because that dude is a – I called him a Hall of Famer on draft day, and I already believe he's on his way to becoming a Hall of Famer. He's fucking incredible. By far the best rookie in the entire NFL. He's so good. And he took care of Rashawn Gary easily. Yeah. And I think Sewell is a stud, so I don't think Gary should be like, oh, yeah, I got beat by a scrub. But to your point, he does kind of seem like a practice MVP, doesn't he? Yeah. Like He, he doesn't really show up. And for multiple reasons, and I think he gets doubled sometimes too. I don't think the people inside are taking multiple blockers. And it's also tough to get pressure when you do rush three or four. And, you know, if the other team has a a running back helping him pass pro, that means two people at least are getting doubled. So that's tough to win too. So I don't know. If we had more interior rush, I think he could be better. But to your point, he's not an MVP and he's not taking the steps yet that we were expecting him to do. Like we we had this conversation, or like we didn't have this conversation, but people had this conversation his rookie year when we drafted him. Oh, he's a good practice guy. Just let him develop a little bit and he'll be the yeah. you know the next league leader in sacks. It's three years later now, and this guy hasn't done, you know, great. He had a great end of the year last year for what four games and one playoff game. That's a lot to, or that's not a lot that you're getting out of the number twelve pick from three years ago. Yeah, and he's first round. This isn't the seventh rounder, especially when he's taken before DK. Brian Burns, uh, Montez Sweat, Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Abram. Um, <laughs> Chase Sternberger was taken out of McLaurin, bro. <laughs> Sean Murphy, Bunting, like obviously they're different positions, but like. You're you're a first round pick, dude, and you're not just a first round pick. You're a high first round pick, quote unquote, like top half. AJ Brown, you too. need to be better. Like, what is this? Yeah, I'm just looking at the comments now. If Steve's still here. You can suck my dick. Go fuck off. <laughs> um, Rashawn Gary was one of the first people in 
the Gudikins era to be that quote unquote project two to three year guy. And I love this conversation because now, you know, it's time to cash in, uh, you know, your time's up, you know, rent is due. And now we're seeing, oh, the projects that we are drafting for two to three years, time's run out. Now it's time for them to perform and they're not performing. Jordan Love, another first round pick project, two to three years. Once his time it comes to pay rent, is he going to be able to do it or is he going to be a practice MVP? So far, he hasn't even been like a practice participant. Like he's been owned by the throwing net, basically most of it. Like, I don't know. Some people are starting to get exposed. It's unfortunate. I saw, saw three Jordan Love jerseys at Lambeau Monday night. Stupid. Oh, I didn't oh, tell you guys. Even family. I didn't tell you guys. Um, after the – I know this is kind of going back a week, but after the Saints game, I was listening to the radio after. And the, the, all these old people are calling and saying how much Aaron Rodgers sucks and how they shouldn't pay him or anything. This guy calls in and goes, <laughs> old people. if I had my choice, I would have taken Bart Starr over Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he's not great, <laughs> but he knew how to play the game right, and that's what we need right now. Yeah. Hey, hey, to that guy, I picked him on my all-time Packer <laughs> team. I'm expecting your vote. <laughs> it was it's Trevor. Just, it was you know, Trevor. Yeah, Trevor probably called May or, may or may yeah. not have been. I called in so they couldn't see my face, so they thought I was old. Um, but, you know, to your point, like like I kind of said earlier, it's a bunch of old people who are like, ah, rub some dirt on it, like have never played, are like one bum knee away from the league. Like, why, why, why do you – like, it's evolving. It's changing. And you're also the same person saying, I, I don't know. There's just so many problems with fans that's annoying. And it's letting the GM and everybody off the hook. Like, there should have been riots over the Joe Barry hiring. And everybody's like, huh, okay. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? Not only that, like, even just little details. Like, when LaFleur came to the first press conference, the introductory press conference, and said, I... This is the guy I wanted. This is who we looked at. And no one even batted an eye because this was days after he, he, he got turned down. Like Joe Barry was the second choice. And everyone's like, yeah, Joe Barry's the guy. Like, not even the floor wanted him first. Oh, oh, I got it. Packer fans or reporters are the seagulls from Finding Nemo. They're just like all looking around. They can't do anything for themselves, but they all jump on one and then they all just follow on the bandwagon. It's tough to say yes. We should fire a significant, like a yeah, significant coach. I would say mid-season on a Super Bowl run. I'm telling you, Packers would not be worse off without Joe Barry. Like with nobody there and just have Drake promoted <laughs> the defensive coordinator, we wouldn't be worse off, man. Like it, it's it's early. It's early enough where Joe Barry still doesn't know T.J. Slayton's name. We could make that, you know, we could get him out. He still doesn't know all the players. We could just have we could just have somebody on the sideline screaming like him and it would be I just want Wade thing. Phillips, man. Like Wade Phillips is doing podcasts right now. Like <laughs> he can coach via Zoom and we would be so much better. That's like my, just get him a live stream. That's my same same reason that why well, I want Rex Ryan. Get Rex, it's fine. Just get <laughs> X is awesome too. Both of those guys are just oh, they're geniuses. Honestly, I think we'd be 
better with Mina Kimes out there. I don't know if she has any experience, but all the things I've heard, she sounds like she knows what she's talking about. So she does. She First woman smart. defensive coordinator. I think that's a win-win. He'd be better off with Kurt Benkert when he breaks down the defenses when he plays Madden out there. <laughs> I ran this Madden simulation ten times. Here's how we should play defense. That's fair, honestly. Um, bring Blake Bortles back. Okay, let's. <laughs> so looking at week three. Do you guys have anything else to say about week two? I mean, we got the win. Like we said, it was a no-win game, or we can't take any positives away. It's only negatives. Uh, the one thing that I have, and I'm really glad if you didn't watch it. I didn't watch week one, but the Manning uh, Monday Night Football is fantastic. So and one of the things that they pointed out that I think was really key and made it look at differently, when Jones caught a touchdown and kind of like a um, – out jet route, oh. like jet pass, yeah. Um, and he jabbed right, and then get, like that was really important to see. He did a lot of the little stuff in that game. Jabbed right. If you didn't watch it, he jabbed right, right offensive linebacker was supposed to be on him, got him to fake, and then you know used his speed to get around. You know, everybody's going to talk about Aaron Jones getting the four touchdowns, but the little things that he did was very impressive, and I think that should go notice as well. Well, just like we talk about how one of the more underrated aspects of Aaron Rodgers' game is his ability to set up the offensive linemen, uh, it's more obvious when running backs do it, but running backs have the same type of thing. They can set up blocks. They can make offensive linemen look so much better than they actually are. To your point, the jab step, you know, it gets defenders to move a certain way. It allows offensive linemen to disengage and re-engage at a different angle, do stuff like that. I mean, Aaron Jones is a very good football player. Um, and he, in space, is one of the best in the entire NFL. Like, his ability to use space and see space is unmatched, I think, right now. I was going to say, Le'Veon Bell made a career out of letting blocks set up. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to week three. I don't have betting lines left. Obviously, we play 49ers, go to San Francisco Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a tough one. San Francisco is not looking good as of now, I would personally say, uh, but they are still the 49ers. They, we are still running the offense that Kyle Shanahan taught Matt LaFleur essentially. So it's one of those situations where LaFleur knows, uh, or Shanahan, yeah, LaFleur knows everything Shanahan. I don't know, you, you get it, you get it. Um, Shanahan taught him everything he knows, not everything that he knows. Um, it's going to be a tough one. We don't know who's going to be playing running back for the 49ers, but in my personal opinion, it doesn't really matter. For keys to victory, we said it two weeks in a row, and I'm going to say it again because it's becoming more apparent. We need to win at the point of attack. And now we're looking at a game where I think it's pretty obvious the 49ers' defensive line is better than our offensive line. And I think their offensive line is much better than our defensive line. And if we play on our side of the line of scrimmage in both facets of the game, I don't know any possible way that the Packers win. What's your guys' thoughts? I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be like Jesus if that's how it comes up, you know. He's going to have to be back like 2014 Aaron Rodgers. But um, you're right. San Francisco maybe probably up there with Washington has the best defensive line in the league. Um, and that's a lot to ask for when you have two – Studs rushing the outside with two rookie 
offensive lineman on the inside. So, you know, if I'm if I'm San Francisco, I'm blitzing Fred Warner right up the middle every single play of that game. Same thing mm-hmm. the Saints did, you know, week one. Don't even let Aaron Rodgers have time to throw the ball and just let someone get through. I don't know why. I, I, that should be the scouting report for every single team. I imagine Pittsburgh's going to do it in two weeks. Um, you know, I imagine Chicago's going to do it in four weeks or whatever that is. But, um, Zach, I'm with you. you. You need to get – the ball needs to be on San Francisco's side the whole game, which is really tough to do. I mean, San Francisco is a good football team. It's gonna. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Um, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter who's running the ball. I, I don't think it, it ever matters who's running the ball against the Packers. But my, my key to the game is you have to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't let him get comfortable. As soon as you get to him, that's when the interceptions come. That's when the fumbles come. I don't know how, how, how well that's going to work, but that, that is the, the idea of how to beat this San Francisco offense. I'm glad you listed those two because I actually had three, so now I can focus on the, the last one. Uh, I think special teams. I think uh, what Kylan Hill did on the one kick return was huge. Amari Rogers needs to be better. I don't know if it was just me, but there was a punt he had. He had ample time to run with it. He got like five yards. It looked like he caught it, was like, oh, I'm supposed to run now. And he didn't know what to do. You can't have that. And so if we can, you know, to your point, Luke, about keeping it in their, posi- in their area, if we can get decent kick returns, if we can get something out of the punt return game, it's going to be a lot easier, going to be a lot further or closer because I don't see us putting together multiple long sustained drives. So we're going to need field position because if we don't even get that, it's going to be a long game. The thing with the the kick returns too is you get a good one and then everyone just pumped up and ready to go out there and hit, you know. Except for uh, except for what's his name, Rice Newman. He says I'll whiff even harder this time. So that that Kylan Hill return that you brought up, where he jumped over the kicker, that has to be the longest return since Randall Cobb's return for a touchdown in his first game, right? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably close. Um, special teams is big. That's another reason why, like, the EQ activation didn't make sense because he's not even really a good special teams player, and we sat good special teams players to activate him. Like, it just doesn't make much sense. And to your point about Amari Rogers, um, it's, Packer fans haven't realized this yet necessarily, but I was speaking with uh, – I'll name drop. I was speaking with Monty Ball, and he was talking – he, like, messaged me about – Amari Rogers. He's like, Amari Rogers is way slower than I thought he was. Oh, like, no shit. (laughs) Hey, don't talk like that to Monty Ball. He's a national treasure in this state. He is. And I, he's like, he's supposed to be Randall Cobb, but he looks like Randall Cobb now. And then I said the Ty Montgomery comparison. It is every time I say that to somebody, their mind explodes because they're like, oh my God, like, what's happening? Oh no, we got Ty Montgomery again because it's the same player. Except for he might be less athletic than Ty Montgomery, but he has better hands and he's a better route runner. But either way, they're not significant football players. Speaking of which, uh, that Clemson reporter who made who I went back and forth with saying that uh, you know the Randall Cobb to Amari Rogers comparison is lazy. Um, he now works for the NFL, so if you want to be terrified, that's news. Uh, but Janet, what's what's your key? <laughs> um, I would. I would hope they don't wait for it to rain to get the same energy that they get that they got the last game. Um, 49ers are a good team, so they're not going to be like the Lions where you can start off slow and still end up winning. Um, they've got George Kittle on there, and he's a monster. So um, 
yeah, I would just say like for them to keep the same energy that they got at the end of the Lions game at the beginning, they need to start fast, start hard um, because 49ers are not going to be up. Hold on. Sorry. My computer's like trying to do something. Why is this always happening to me? Um, (laughs) Happened to me last week. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it's like doing something. That's right, Janet. One time last year, one time last year, Fortnite came up for me. (laughs) Say it quick before you get kicked. Uh, Yeah, I just hope they start real fast because I don't want to have to wait and felt feel let down. Um, I also read an article that how are the Packers going to win without their fans because they were saying that it was like all the fans that did all the all the work. Uh, during the game and I don't think that's true but I also know that Packers I don't think they travel well I think they just have fans nationwide so I think there's going to be enough fans there to um, to kind of make noise and all that stuff but um, I I don't know I don't think that it was the fans that did all the work I think it was mostly uh, Aaron Jones but uh, I really hope that they start the way they ended that other game, they, the way they ended uh, the Lions game last week. <clears throat> to to a Jan- Janet's point about getting started right away, I think Devontae Adams needs to be involved as soon as the Packers start on offense. I, I mean, you know, we talked about the fantasy football show, but he hasn't scored yet this year. This seems like it should be a Devontae Adams game where whenever there's even one centimeter separation, the ball should be going his way. Um, I, I, you know, you get Devontae Adams going at the – He's a great person for the team to rally around. Jamal Williams isn't there anymore, but Devonte Adams is right there. You, you know, the, I said Aaron Jones last week. I think it's got to be Devonte this week. <clears throat> you know, and to your point, Janet. Now, granted, Zach could probably touch on this a little more than me because I don't have a ton of experience. But wouldn't you think? Obviously, playing at home is great. Wouldn't you think you'd also get super jacked up to play on the road, like play villain? And the fact that they have haven't seen that. I mean. The NFC oh, Championship yeah. games in the past, I think I've heard some of the worst pep talks of all time before those, and they look lazy those games. Like, wouldn't you think they'd have even more energy, especially, you know, game of the week at San Francisco? I would hope so. <coughs> Sorry. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, like the home fans thing, like injecting energy into your team, like it's a real thing, but I think it's a little bit overblown. What I do think is significant about fans is the pass rush. Like the biggest thing is if it's a super loud stadium, the offensive tackles are at a massive, massive, massive disadvantage because the defensive end is staring down at the ball. And as soon as the ball moves, that's when the defensive end gets to move. Offensive tackles are waiting until the defensive end moves or until the guard moves. Like they're not being able to look at the ball. So they're always on a delay. So at that, or if it's quiet enough, like it was last all of last year, they can listen to the quarterback's cadence. But when it's super loud, you can't hear the cadence, and you're literally just waiting for the guy in front of you to move before you move. You're at a massive disadvantage. We saw it uh, last game with Elton Jenkins when he got absolutely wiped out because the Packers fans were losing their minds when the Packers were on offense. And, you know, Jenkins, I'm sure, couldn't hear Rodgers. So when you're talking about going to Levi – I think there's going to be a lot of Packer fans there, but that stadium's also built for one sound. And two, fans are 
idiots so far. Like no one knows how to act at a football game. So Packers and 49ers fans are going to be cheering super loud constantly over there. Um, it's also California Packer fans who aren't super smart. But um it's California in general that isn't super smart, but yeah. But um, so they're gonna be losing their minds. So you're saying who's you know, which pass rush is scarier because they're gonna be at the biggest their biggest advantage. Is it Nick Fosa and you know Fred Horner and everybody over there against Elton Jenkins, who just got the crap kicked out of him by Detroit and uh Billy Turner, not to talk about the guards inside of them. Or is it Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, who's underperformed? And then, oh, by the way, after them, Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry. <laughs> like it's nobody. It's nobody else. So, like, obviously, who's at the bigger advantage? Forty Niners are at the bigger advantage there. So the offensive line has to come to play. Packers need to use it to their advantage. But to your point, Luke, this is the my biggest gripe about this Lafleur offense, and it's not the scheme; it's the man. Reports came out week one that Rodgers pretty much just ran everything LaFleur wanted to do. He didn't check out of anything. You can't tell me Devontae can't get separation. Right. We don't need to run. We don't need to build off play action. That's when the Packers are at their best. But you can't tell me Rodgers can't go in the gun and Devontae can find separation. Like, he's the best in the world at it. We saw him triple covered doing it uh, last Monday. He can do that against his 49ers secondary which, by the way, is a secondary that's not very good at football. They're a bad secondary. Right. But it doesn't matter because their front seven so good. The thing is, too, they should almost start. Like, they did a little bit last week. But when they had James Jones, Rodgers always just get the snap, turn, and throw right away. Just go one-on-one with Devontae. They haven't done yeah. yet done that yet this year with Devontae. That should be, I think that should be the first play of the game when they're on offense, just to get a little jab and go down the sideline. You know, he did that against Seattle like, a couple of years ago where he jabbed off of that and went down the sideline and first play of the game. I, that needs to happen this week. However you can get Devontae Adams the ball, you have to get it to him. And I think he's number one point. And then you go Aaron Jones off of Devontae Adams. Yeah, get the defensive line on their heels or try to at least. If you just go run, run, pass, anybody, any idiot can tell you that. Third down, like you said, Zach, place gets loud. Our offensive line isn't going to be able to block. Yeah, it- also come out and hurry up, get a rhythm right away. But to your point, everyone's like, need to run to set up the pass. We need to run to set up the pass. People don't understand that it can work the other way around. Right. Like you can do the exact same thing if you're good at it. But that whole screen, Devontae is so good with the football. Yes. Like we saw him against those three guys completely surrounded. He was untouched and gained another 10 yards. Do that wide receiver screen. Alan Lazard is having a phenomenal start to the year, no matter what the box score says. Because he is blocking everybody out of the way. He is blocking absolutely everyone. Even MVS is blocking absolutely everybody. If you have those two against the 49ers corners, Devontae could get a house call on a fucking bubble. Like, it's going to be just little things like that. I think would work, to your point. And maybe call it Paul Christ because he's the best at drawing these up I've ever seen for some unknown reason. Don't you think we could run like a like a jet sweep with Devontae or something? Just get him the ball any possible way. Right. Just however you can get the ball into the best player on the team's hands. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's going to take for sure, it's going to take creativity to beat the Niners. 
are the Packers capable of being the Niners? Absolutely. Could the Packers offensive line actually beat their defensive line? Absolutely. Uh, if it's man on man, they're not going to be able to do it, but you can scheme up ways to do it right now. Obviously on the road, Sunday night football, 49ers are favored by three and a half over under is currently 49 and a half. So my question to you all will be, what is your score prediction? I'll start with, I think it's going to be a loss. I th- I will predict Niners 27, Packers 24. I think it's going to be close, but I'm leaning Niners right now. I'm with you, Zach. I'm, I'm going to flip it, though. I think if they follow my rules like what they did last week with getting Aaron Jones involved, getting Devontae Adams involved, I think this is a win. I, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to take on this offense. You know, he has players around him that are obviously good enough to, you know, help him out to do that. But I, I, this, has, this has to be a game where, you, you know, you, you need to win. You need to get that blocking scheme going, then take on Pittsburgh next week, whatever. But I'm, I'm going to say 27-24 Green Bay. Um, and I will say that to fit, fit the theme of this year, um, I'm sure it'll be another great uh, night game because it seems every Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night have just been incredible games. We'll see tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go 28-20 San Francisco. Um, I, I feel like I've seen this before all the time. I think the game is going to be as weird as it may sound. I think the game is going to be decided in the first two possessions for each team. I think this Packer team, if they get down, it's over. Like they're good. They can, but they won't. Um, whereas if it's zero zero after the first possession, I think the Packers can take it. I don't think that's what happens. I think 49ers go down methodically. They set the tempo, when you don't have an offensive line it's or a defense, it's hard to make it back. So I got the 49ers. I also have the 49ers, uh, 28 to 20, just because I feel like Matt Liffler and Kyle Shanahan, knowing uh, each other just way too well, Kyle Shanahan is like uh, Yoda over here and like uh, Matt Liffler is his Padawan. So <laughs> he's a young Jedi. So I feel like uh, that's always going to be a team that we are going to have a hard time with. They're always going to be our kryptonite just because they know each other so well. I think it was him or somebody else or I think it was him that they like actually meet and they hang out and they see each other's playbooks. And that like kind of annoyed the crap out of me. I was like, what are you doing? But yeah. um, So, yeah, that's going to I think it's going to be 49ers take it. I don't know Star Wars very well, but is Joe <laughs> Barry like Jar Jar Banks or what's he? Do you think? No, because at least no. some people like Jar Jar Banks. Okay, do they? He's like, hey, he's like, he's hey. like Jabba the. Some people do. He's like Jabba the Hutt. He's like Jabba the Hutt. He just makes all this noise, but he doesn't nah, move anywhere. Nah, because Jabba the Hutt's relatable at times. Uh, <laughs> I love Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, he's my favorite character. Joe he's Barry that, is basically he's a big, big blob that looks like a pizza. <laughs> Joe Joe Barry is basically the guy who gets killed first in horror movies. That's basically Joe Barry. No, he's like a stormtrooper. You know, how, like they always shoot, but they miss everywhere. Like they just right. shoot because they can't see their their eyes are actually down here. And then <laughs> I I have a good comparison for Joe Barry. I think I called him a pelican last week, but this week, um, you guys ever seen the movie Scream? Mm-hmm. One of my mm-hmm. favorite movies of all time. That opening sequence where Drew Barrymore gets killed, that's Joe Barry. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's fair. It's pretty good. Joe um, Barry is Drew Barrymore? Question mark. <laughs> oh, didn't even think of that. There's the title. Um, <laughs> Trevor, I, I think your point about the game being decided in the first couple of drives is fair. Just because what we saw week one, especially, this is something Eli Manning kept griping on the entire Monday uh, Manning, you know, cast or whatever. Packers ran 12 offensive plays week one in the first half. That's because the defense couldn't get off the field. And we know the recipe for success is just to run the ball against Green Bay, just methodically move the chains and stuff like that, which is what the 49ers have done consistently against this team, even dating back to, like, Kaepernick at this point. Like, they just keep moving the chains, running the ball. If the Packers can't get off the field and they let the 49ers go on, like, a seven, eight-minute scoring drive right away, it's just tough to get any sort of momentum going completely. It's tough. I mean, you I, I have want to, to score a touchdown, and even then you're at square one. Right. I want to change my score prediction to 35-31. I forgot that that's a new stadium, so that means fast turf, a lot of offense. Fast turf. Fast that's, turf. But, uh, <laughs> that's totally one of those things that Joe Barry would say. <laughs> no shortage of 45 times throughout the week. Like that's the only thing he repeats over and over and over. Like, Fester, it seems like the lights are a little bit brighter on Sunday Night Football. <sighs> the the colors on the field pop a little bit more. I hate that guy. He is the, the crisp September air. Right. Hey guys, Maybe a little breeze a, off the bay. We got a cold front here in Texas. It's 73 degrees. Oh, no. that's, that's why I'm wearing a sweater. <laughs> There's frost here this morning. It is not good. <laughs> my, my windows were frosted this morning. I was not happy to see that already. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say about the Packers this week, last week, whatever? Uh, who's going to be the MVP this week for the Devonta. Packers? Devonta. I yeah, Devonta. I would probably say. Yeah. He has to. He has to be. If it's yeah, if it's offense for sure, I would say him. Defensively, I could see Adrian Amos having a big game. Uh, he needs to come down and actually make a play instead of just cleaning up plays. Yep. I'm gonna go with MVS. I think Adams is the MVP, but MVS makes like one play over the top because of Adams that everybody says, "Oh my God, look at MVS!" Not. You know the forty plays before it that set it up. So I, that's so Packers media. He'll make one forty-yard touchdown catch. I'm predicting the predictions, man. I'm ahead we, of the game. We told you he's gonna have a breakout year. Just look, one game, one forty-yard touchdown. Need we say more? Forget about the. Imagine this team with Devin Funches, baby. You know what? You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny is we, we've been saying that MVS is gonna have a breakout game. And the last two fantasy shows, both of you guaranteed that he would have a 40 yard touchdown. He has yet to get it yet. <laughs> no, the first game I said he'd get 100 yards. Oh, 100 a yards. Yeah. That was even worse. He actually had an opportunity last game. Rodgers just missed him. He had, yeah, I think he had four targets and he was just, yeah. He was open on at least three of those four targets, if I'm remembering correct. Yeah, Rodgers just missed him. I mean, yeah. they were tough throws. I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll, I'll give him I'll give him a little slack. I think he I think he's earned it. The wag of the finger. Yeah, like Rogers, <laughs> Come on, like knock it off. Like let's just let's just figure this out. Quit throwing the game. Let's just go. Let's figure this stuff out. 
Um, yeah, I got nothing else. I really hope we can talk about a win next week because if we are coming off a loss and we have to preview a game against the Steelers, I'm going to be in a very <laughs> piss poor mood. It's not gonna... Hey, if if we need to be in a good mood, we you know you can just check out and we'll just go off the rails. I would I would say that um you, you know early in the season there's obviously still long seasons left, but this is as close to I think a must win game as early in the season as it is as you can get. Detroit was and this definitely is because if you go one and two they're gonna lose against the Steelers probably that's one and three, Bengals you know but then after that you get the gauntlet again. Yeah, and then you if got the Joe division. Burrow, if Joe Burrow makes it, did you see that's the game? True. He just kept getting sacked and sacked and sacked. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just one game out of three. That's going to be Rodgers against <laughs> Washington Steelers, like you said, Luke. Yeah, Zach, Rams, back, back, back to your point about Panay Sewell. You think Joe, uh, Joe Burrow is regretting that, grabbing his friend instead of a instead of the tackle that he needs? I would hope uh, so. Jesus, so that, was, dumb. Yeah. that was dumb at the time, too. And I don't even grade yeah. offensive linemen, and I knew it was stupid. <laughs> It was just obvious. Like, this is the best offensive line prospect we have scouted in a decade. And he's, oh, by the way, 20 years old. Like, he is absurdly young, fresh out of the Hawaiian jungle, ready to kill everybody. (laughs) And he's played, by the way, two weeks so far, he's played two possessions on the offensive line. For all the Elton Jenkins offensive line scouts to say, how could any offensive lineman play more than one position? Rookie. Two weeks, two different positions, has destroyed in both games, and he killed Rashawn Gary. He ate him the entire night. Like, it's insane, man. He's but so hey, Joe Burrow got a third receiver, so it's pretty even. His best friend. Yeah. Chase is good. Uh, Chase yeah. is good. He just were, can't block where shit. Right. <laughs> they, were, they were talking about him saying how he's the youngest uh, starter in the NFL ever like in history and my sister and I were just yeah my sister and I were talking about like stuff that we were doing when we were 20 we we're like just waking up from a party hungover in college and this guy's mm-hmm. like start yeah shit like look at me I'm 5'9 160 I'm 23 this is 20 what the hell you can't have a drink yet and I called him a hall of famer already <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I'm overreacting <laughs> Oh, man. Good for the Lions. They deserve them. I feel bad for Joe Burrow. Pro-Lions show. I don't. I don't feel bad for them. (laughs) You're going to have Miles Garrett coming at your neck two games a year. Don't care. It's your problem. He could have had him. He wanted Chase. It's just like like, you know Gudekins is like, see, this is why we don't ask quarterback decisions. We had Joe Burrow (laughs) wanting Jamar Chase when he's getting his head taken off. We have Patrick Mahomes demanding to get Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who blows at football. Like, oh. this is why. Let the players play. Let the personnel people make decisions. We want Jordan Love. It's wild in a division that has Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, uh, Matthew Judon to take. Melvin Ingram <laughs> to take now. Joe, Joe, Burrow. Joe Burrow is like the guy who falls off the boat, and you're like, you want a life preserver? And the ocean, he's like, no, nah, I'm a good swimmer. <laughs> No, you're not. You're like, going to die. I feel like he aged like five years within like the first year of him playing. He just aged so much. He looks like he's miserable. The Bengals are playing like a Madden franchise where you just take all the good receivers first round in the draft and get a good quarterback. And the offensive <laughs> line will figure it out later. 
I just remember most of the time seeing him in the fetal position. (laughs) I would be too. That's where Roethlisberger (laughs) is ending up too, because he also doesn't have an offensive line, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to draft a running back. Like, great. Like, how can he can he play guard? Because that's kind of what we need right now. (laughs) Man, there's. I said this week one, and the Packers are included in this. There are a lot of really good NFL teams right now. Yes. They have really bad offensive lines. Yes. And it's in, it's weird. It's really weird because it, you know. The injuries, the injuries were insane this past injuries week. Injuries too, this week especially. But like once it gets to December and it's cold and you need to get sacks and run the football, I mean, who's going to win? It's the Buccaneers. Like they have one of the best offensive lines. They have a front seven that's 10 guys deep. Like no one can challenge them for that reason alone. And we saw it in the Super Bowl. And in such a copycat league, it's so weird that people just passed up on offensive linemen this year. You're right. Coming into the year, I thought there's about five contenders in the NFL. I think that's whittled down now because I had the Ravens there. All their injuries are, you know, they're hurting them big time. But Mm -hmm. say, just back to that offensive line point, I think that boosts the Steelers up to a contender. I think it boosts the Seahawks up to a contender. I I mean, I would even say it boosts the Bengals up to one of the best offenses in the league if they had some – Sort of sure. left tackle or right tackle. Sure. Yeah. Like or a coach or a coach. Zach Taylor is very bad at, at everything. But like no one, it's so weird. The Bengals are terrible, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a single person who doubts Joe Burrow. There's not a single person who doubts any of their wide receivers, their running backs, anything like that. <laughs> and yet their offense sucks. It's like, what is the weak link? Let's figure it out. Let's brainstorm here. Oh, maybe it's offensive line and Zach Taylor. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me. Zach Taylor is the Peter Bukowski of NFL coaches. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good place. Cut it. Cut it. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.